today is brutally hot outside, like many days this summer have been. Our pool is 90 degrees Fahrenheit, 32.2 degrees Celsius for those who use the metric system. That's brutally hot. It's like walking into a bath, but it is a reflection of the heat that we are experiencing right now. Our lawn is brown. We are worried about watering it because I don't want to dry out my well. It is a pseudo dry spell here, so we're just going to take things easy. But with the heat, it got me thinking about heat stroke in pets. I had the unfortunate job during my first year as a vet on emergency on a Sunday to be called into the vet clinic where a young girl had walked her dog. This girl was five or four years of age and she had overwalked her dog and walked him in the brutal heat. And he ended up getting heat stroke and he actually passed away as a result of this. And I'll never forget because he was a very, wasn't a very old dog and he just had succumbed to the heat stroke issues. And it was devastating because the whole family was there. Um, and it was devastating for me too. First year I was at a vet and just, it just, I'll, I'll never forget that situation. So I want you as pet parents to be able to deal with heat stroke and look for the signs and help prevent it. And if it, unfortunately, if it does happen, what can you do? So a couple things here. So let's, let's talk about general concepts here. So high body temperature, otherwise known as hyperthermia, is defined as when the body temperature increases above 102.2 or 39 degrees Celsius, 102.2 Fahrenheit or 39 degrees Celsius. You can go to three levels that lead to heat stroke, which is the worst. So you can have heat stress, which is where you have increased thirst and panting. You are typically mentally there and you can move about and correct the situation. The second form is heat exhaustion. It's a more severe form of heat stress. You have a significant increase in thirst and panting and you feel weak. You are mentally aware but a little weak when you move and worst case scenario, you may collapse. And then finally, heat stroke is the most severe form of hyperthermia. It's when the pet's temperature goes well above 41 degrees Celsius, which is about 106 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's when neurologically things are not doing well. You could literally have organ dysfunction and or failure. Um, What happens is, Above 106, your proteins in your body actually begin to melt and you lead to multi-organ failure. And when you start getting to that stage, which is what that dog had, the chance of full recovery goes down incredibly to like less than 30%. Um, And if you happen to survive that, you tend to have permanent organ damage. So the big difference I'd like to get across is... The difference between pets and us in how we they deal with heat. So when we get hot, we have sweat glands throughout our entire body. And our entire body just starts getting wet. And the concept is, is that the airflow will then help cool you. That's why you sweat. 
pets have sweat glands not all over the body like us. They have sweat glands in their nose and in their pads. And if so if you notice, they will pant. So majority of their heat release is done through panting. You will see that their nose will start dripping a little clear fluid and their, and their paws. So sometimes if we know a pet is stressed in the exam room, we feel that their paws are all sweaty. Or if they're running a fever, we feel that their paws are actually sweaty. So that's the difference. So can you imagine that they don't have that capability? Like our surface area of our skin is huge. And so if you have a huge area to dissipate heat, then it's much easier to cool yourself as dogs and cats have that inability to have that huge surface area. So think about that, okay? And then there's also the misconception that, yes, heat stress, heat exhaustion, heat stroke can occur mostly in the summer months, but it can also occur not in the summer months, in the fall, in the spring, in vet school. It was common at the vet school I went to because the the temperatures were pretty darn low, even in the summer where I went to vet school. And so a lot of the vet students would literally bring their pets in their cars and the pets would be fine in their cars. Well, unfortunately, one vet student had a pet with cancer and that pet actually was more susceptible to overheating. And in a situation that a young, healthy pet would have done well, this pet actually got heat exhaustion and passed away. Again, these are in, these are memories that are very strong in my, my, my mind, and it, it, it really enables me to have that drive to help educate you so that we can prevent things such as this. Okay, so let's talk about the scenarios in which heat stroke can occur. If you have very high temps and or humidity, you have decreased or inadequate airflow, no access to shade, no access or limited water supplies. If you're excessively exercising, pushing their the pet, pets are, that are not used to hot weather or pets that are left in enclosed areas or cages with no airflow or air conditioning or left in vehicles. I did a little video about staying in a, in a vehicle in the hot and then I just couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> so the pets that are at risks are very small animals, the very young, the very old, the very sick, thick or long hair-coated pets, overweight or obese pets, large breed dogs, active or extremely active dogs in hunting situations type things, brachiocephalic dogs, those those flat-nosed breeds, they alone suffer with airflow issues on their best of days. Um, the equivalent of cats would be like something like the Himalayan cat. Um, they are like 1.5 times more likely to suffer than other breeds of, of pets, these, these brachiocephalics. Any pet with a respiratory disease or breathing problem. Um, in the large breed dogs, it's the laryngeal paralysis dogs can't handle uh, the heat. Cardiac patients, neurologic patients, and patients that start off the day dehydrated. So those are your, those are your pets at risk. And so what, what are the typical signs that you'll see? Well, if you happen to take their temperature, their temperature will be above normal. Normal temp in a pet, 99 to 102. Use those parameters. Um, they'll be restless. What they're trying to do is their heart rate will go up, trying to spread the blood to, to, to bring in the, the heated blood and cool it off through their, through their lung system. 
You'll see them panting excessively, maybe having difficult breathing. They may be drooling really thick saliva. Worst case scenarios, their gums can change color. They can go to dark, dark, red, purple, blue. Not good. In the more severe symptoms, vomiting, severe lethargy or collapse, dizziness, may act delirious, muscle tremors, seizures. They can go unconscious. So those are the, the phenomenons that you see. So what would your vet do in an emergency situation? So if you see those signs, definitely, you know, what you can do initially is do not put them directly in an ice bath. What you can do is just get some towels that are soaked with water. doesn't have to be super cold water. That will help and put them on them. That will help cool them off. Um, people that literally uh, spritz their feet with alcohol, so it helps, you know, the paw, paw pads, so it helps disperse the heat and evaporate and everything like that. So just lots of access to water, keep them cool and then get them to your veterinarian. And just as an aside note, if you ever are in an emergency situation, your veterinarian would always want you to call ahead so they can get an, an estimated time of arrival. So they're prepared. Um, honestly, if you live near an emergency center, then your regular veterinarian, and this is an emergency situation, head towards the emergency center, call them. And always have your veterinarian's number and an emergency vet number on speed dial on your cell phone. So that in an emergency situation, you don't have to think, you just get them going that way. Okay? So what's going to happen when you, when, when you go to the, the vet is this is going to be an emergency situation. So they're going to bring them in. They're going to start cooling them off. They're going to be doing IV fluids to treat for the dehydration and shock and to cool. They're going to pull some blood work. They may need oxygen. Um, sometimes in bad cases, they might have to sedate or put anesthesia on to get the air tubes in so they can breathe. Um, a lot of times in severe cases, the stomach lining may start to slough, so they might have to put them on stomach protectants, anti-nausea meds. They'll get them on antibiotics for potential sepsis. Might need pain relievers, might need cardiac meds. In really bad situations, they can have clotting issues. So they might need blood transfusions. And this becomes an intensive care case. And they need to be hospitalized in intensive care. So that's how bad heat, heat exhaustion, heat stroke could be. I, I was fortunate in, in one, I attended this dog event. I was the attending veterinarian, so to speak. And I got called over because the dog was overheating. Um, it was a brachial cephalic dog. It was interesting because the couple had done tons of runs with this dog, and this dog's always been fine. Well, he was he was heat. I'm going to say heat stress because the beauty of it. So this is a 5K run. I've driven over in this four by four, whip up to this house where the where the the pet parents are there with their pet, and I I thank the kindness of his good Samaritan. So the actual house that was there, the owner came out and she had actually soaked towels and they put towels around the dog. Um, I had fluids there. I gave subcutaneous fluids and we managed just to bring the body temp down to a normal. And he was pretty, he was pretty chill after he was doing really well. And I got reports later that he was doing great. And so those are, those are situations where they, they knew the signs, they sought help, um, that Good Samaritan did the right thing and we were able to be there for them. So that's a great thing. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about how can we prevent this, right? Because the best scenario to any disease process or emergency situation is to help prevent it. So never leave your pet unattended or in a parked car. 
Keep them cool every time they go outside. Have lots of access to water. Um, you know, there, there's these, uh, I, I, I use this and I'm going to say this anecdotally, but it seems to work. There's a thing called a cool collar where you just freeze this little freezy pack, you put it in this collar and you put the collar on your pet and it, it helps them. Um, I would totally avoid running them on the warmest days. A lot of people would, would take them out in the early mornings where it's cooler. Lots of access to shade and water. A lot of people have little wading pools for their dogs. Um, you'll see this at dog events and everything, which I think is phenomenal. If you've got a hot home or garage, do not leave them in there. Um, avoid surfaces that are very hot. Um, I've done videos about how hot these 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 tar and cement surfaces can get, asphalt and cement surfaces, 120 degrees, right? And keep them hydrated. Um, the general rule is if it's hot for you, it's hot for them. And going back to my statement about how we sweat, it is more hot for them. So keep that in mind. Um, you can give them frozen treats. You can use cooling mats, lots of water bowls. Um, one water bowl can get knocked over, so have access to more than one water bowl just in case. Like I said, the kiddie pool, sprinklers, hoses. Some dogs just love attacking the hose, have the sprinkler going. And I'd avoid things that like muzzles, anything that's going to restrict their breathing. And that will definitely help the situation. So I hope this has helped in informing you about heat stroke, about the signs and symptoms, about what to do and what your veterinarian can do, and most importantly, how you can prevent it. So stay cool, everyone. And remember, love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day.